Hi, Chris. Hi, Evan. How was your day? Oh, it was uh, started off normal, went to the Supreme Court this morning, got our orders and opinions, then I uh, went home and changed and uh, decided to take a trip over to the White House and uh, talk with President Obama about the Supreme Court and his nominee. Just your standard Monday, I guess. What it was. <laughs> I'm Evan McMorris Santoro, host of No One Knows Anything, the BuzzFeed Politics podcast. And this is a special mini episode all about the latest BuzzFeed News interview with President Obama. If you haven't seen it, you can watch all of it online at BuzzFeed.com news. With me in the studio is Chris Geidner, legal editor of BuzzFeed News and the man who put the President of the United States on the Internet today. Chris, welcome. Thank you, Evan. You had about 20 minutes with the president today. Yep. What were your first impressions of your interview? What, what are your first impressions now that it's over? I mean, I, I think that it's obviously clear that the the White House is still hopeful or at least putting a, a hopeful face forward about uh, their nominee for the Supreme Court, Merrick Garland. Um, I think it's also pretty clear that the, the president... Uh, he, he he doesn't want Donald Trump to be the next person sitting in that corner office. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that. For OK. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think he he uh, I mean, he he is a constitutional scholar. He clearly thinks a lot about these issues and was really ready to talk about what the court is and what it's been to him during his time in office and and what this nomination means. It's it's really uh, part of his legacy, if he gets right. this or not. And you mentioned this at the top. Let's talk a little bit about the what the White House was trying to accomplish today. They granted you an interview with the president so Obama could talk about the Supreme Court. You mentioned Justice Garland. He's trying to, or Judge Garland. He's trying to fill the vacancy left by the uh, the death of Justice Antonin Scalia. Republicans in Congress so far have not let his nominee get a hearing Right. The, the only thing they're on that. the only thing they're willing to do is meet with him. That's uh, right. They, and and, and even that, not that 15 much. Fifteen of them have met with him. So, <laughs> do you think that we learned anything today about the process of getting a new Supreme Court nominee onto the Supreme Court? I think we learned that. The White House isn't backing off that they they either one of two things. They either think this is a winning political issue or they actually think that they can get this nominee through. An interesting thing that you mentioned in the interview was about this idea that there are some Republicans now who are getting a little bit nervous about blocking uh, Obama's nominee because they're worried that if Donald Trump wins the presidency, his nominee to the Supreme Court might be someone that they don't that they like even less than a Obama nominee. Uh, the president, you asked the president about this, and I was surprised he really kind of leaned in on Trump. Our country's better off when the Democratic nominee for the presidency and the Republican nominee are both qualified to be president and can be effective. <laughs> he also said yeah. uh, this election year has been so crazy. What do you think I, about that? I don't that? think he was talking about uh, Secretary Clinton. And, uh, and Bernie Sanders, you don't <laughs> think you're talking Bernie about that Sanders. being crazy? <laughs> so, I mean, were you surprised? Obviously, the president has talked about Trump before. Do you feel like this idea that Trump might have an impact on this Garland nomination is a real thing? I think so. Um, I, I think there's more concern from the Republicans about what's going to happen down ticket 
with a Trump as the the leading uh, candidate on the ballot. So down ticket, of course, meaning the idea, the fear that some Republicans have that the Trump uh, candidacy will be so polarizing that Republicans won't turn out in great numbers at the end of the year and Republicans all up and down the ballot from Congress all the way up to the Senate governors will lose their races because Trump uh, is making the Republican Party look so bad to so many voters. And and that could make the lame duck period a, a pretty awkward moment for all involved where uh, where getting through Judge Garland and putting him on the Supreme Court is the best thing that Republicans could possibly do. The president seemed to, uh, yeah, he seemed to, he seemed to relish talking about Trump a bit. He definitely did I not. I think he's going to enjoy uh, making Mitch McConnell deal with Trump as a nominee for for the next several months. Well, you mentioned McConnell, and actually, Mitch McConnell's spokesperson, Mitch McConnell is a Republican leader of the Senate. He's one of the guys who said, "Look, we're not going to give Garland a hearing." During the interview, uh, one of his uh, spokespeople tweeted. Uh, President Obama just claimed there is a, quote, constitutional obligation, end quote, for the Senate to have a hearing on his SCOTUS nominee. Senator Reid disagrees. I saw a lot of Republicans and conservative people retweeting that tweet. Can you sort of tell us what that moment meant? It it was a little surprised. I I was a little surprised that that the president just sort of said, yeah, that there's a constitutional obligation there. There are arguments that have been made by people there. there somebody uh, sent me a law review article <laughs> over the weekend about the, the issue. But I mean, the the reality is that every every session of Congress, there are dozens of nominations that haven't moved forward that are returned to the president that I mean, you know, the that email that we get at the end of every session of Congress, like these nominations returned to the president and then the president decides which people he or she is going to renominate in the next session of Congress uh, because they didn't get through that. That's something that always happens. And so the the idea that there's some constitutional obligation to to act on a nomination is is it's a pretty strong claim and it will be interesting in the day i mean i'm sure that uh josh ernest is going to be getting a question about that going forward so pretty controversial in terms of the intricacies of this actual debate going on in washington right now yeah yeah um you know in addition to being uh, a sharp legal reporter uh, you have been awarded multiple times for your coverage of uh, LGBT issues, and you asked the president about the fight going on right now between the federal government and state governments over transgender rights, essentially expanding transgender rights. Um, the government says making them equal to uh, everybody else's rights. The federal government says that. State governments say some sort of expansion. Um, one of the interesting things about your question, though, is you asked the president about this And he made a distinction between what's going on, that you have the Justice Department is suing the state of North Carolina. The state of North Carolina is suing the Justice Department over the so-called bathroom bill uh, that does a lot of things. But one of the things that it does is it uh, uh, it sort of makes it illegal for a person to go into a bathroom that is not uh, matching with their birth certificate. So 
it's really interesting about what I think we learned about President uh, Obama's judicial philosophy here. Because if you're president, right, like your official role in shaping the courts is kind of limited to nominating judges and Supreme Court justices. But the president also gets to kind of send signals like this thing he's doing now with the uh, transgender thing where his Department of Education told public schools that they believe that Title IX, an existing law in the books, requires them to essentially not do what these bathroom bills say they should. Yeah, do. I mean, they they quite simply, they say it's a form of sex discrimination. And, and so therefore, it, it's not allowed because the anti-trans discrimination is a type of sex discrimination, they say. Right. And Obama was very careful to make a distinction between what the Department of Education is doing and what the Justice Department is doing. And I wonder if looking at all the time you've covered him, how has Obama used those signals, his ability to sort of signal to people what he wants the or, or he wants courts to do or he wants people to do on the judiciary level? Um, and what can you learn about his sort of philosophy from looking at those? Signals? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in, in this case, I think the president was just being careful not to 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 distinguish between ongoing litigation and guidance. In this case, it's sort of a distinction without a difference. Um, the Department of Education and Department of Justice, all the way back to 2013, have reached settlements uh, with school districts. There was a school district out in California that they reached a settlement, and it was the Education Department and the Justice Department together that reached this settlement with a school district on this very issue. Um, so this this is not something new. Uh, it, it's new to have have a, a guidance that went out to every school. It's new for the Department of Justice to be filing a lawsuit against an entire state. Um, but but the, the underlying debate has sort of been percolating out from the, the Justice Department and the Education Department really over the past three years. But Obama's making it very clear Obama Where made he it wants clear. the courts yeah, to come down well, on this. Yeah, I mean, they, they filed in—there in, was a case in the Fourth Circuit. The Obama administration, the Department of Justice, filed an amicus brief supporting the student, Gavin Grimm, a lawsuit brought by the ACLU from a, a school district in Virginia that had passed basically a, a school district-specific version of, like, the, the North Carolina bill. Do you feel like you got a better sense today of Obama's— take on the courts talking with him about them today. Yeah, I think that the the I mean it, it's hard like it's definitely the sort of thing that I I'd love to talk to him again once he's out of office and doesn't yeah. ha isn't trying to get a nominee through uh, a senate that that's opposed to even moving on the nominee because obviously there are things that he said today that that are more focused on that than focused on like how scholar Obama thinks about the courts. Yeah. Um, but but I, I think I mean, sort of the last question when we when we pulled back there, I, I think it's clear that he sees that the the courts have an interesting role to play that that differs depending on on where the balance of power 
are in different issues, whether the the I mean, in this situation, you've got states overwhelmingly being run by Republicans, uh, Congress being run by Republicans and a, a president sort of standing out there by himself as the Democrat. And, and he realizes that that's going to lead to a lot of people challenging what he's trying to do. Um, and and I, I, I think he actually accepted that. It was sort of like, this is what's going to happen in a system like we have. Yeah. It's a good time to be a lawyer, I guess, these days, yeah. if you want to. Yeah. Especially a conservative lawyer. I guess that's right. <laughs> um, all right. So in addition to like all the great news we learned about Obama in the courts, you you know, you, you had some pretty good banter with him, I thought. You had this moment where you talked about some the socks that you were wearing, these yeah. new socks. How are you doing? Today? I'm doing great. Yeah? I like your socks. Uh-oh. That... I can't wear cool socks because I'm this the president. Is, you're the president? Just tell me about that. What that what what happened then? He, he claims he can't have fun well, socks tell me about, as president. Let, okay, this is a radio this, show. To describe your socks <laughs> and describe his socks. I, I'm wearing purple socks that have light purple and dark purple polka dots on them. That is a super uh, good description that, of the socks. That match with my light purple tie that I wore in the interview. And and, and the president was wearing black socks. And so he, he comes and he sees your socks. And, and tells me that he likes them. He says, cool socks. Cool socks. And then he says, I can't wear cool socks because I'm the president. I'm the president. I, I think that was like some scene setting. He was like, by the way, of the two of us in this room, one of us is president. That's right. I may not be able to wear cool socks, but I do have I this whole house that you're in. And that's right. I have the nuclear code. You're the you visitor. Know. I'm the president. That's right. Uh, but but he also, yeah, he was like, I, I can't wear cool socks. I, I think... I think I think we're going to see like po- lame duck Obama in December. I bet he starts wearing some cool socks, trying them out. What's the weirdest thing about being inside the White House? Is there anything stood out to you? I've always I'm, I'm always surprised by how small it is. I, I think just the, the fact that like it is people just doing their jobs like <laughs> there are people. I mean, we were talking about sort of the, the president. uh was getting a briefing for the interview right before he came in. And one of the people was saying, like, the briefing could go like two minutes. It could go 10 minutes, That which was interesting because, like, we were setting up the going live a couple of minutes before he came in. But we weren't sure exactly how long it was going to take. So we were we were sort of prepared to have to go like a minute or two before him. But we didn't know how long it was going to go. And like the the White House staffers were like, and you don't know. And they they mentioned it. it's it's good that that we're not doing makeup with this interview because sometimes he likes just talking with whoever's doing the makeup and and that could like just be another ten minutes if he decides to to have a long conversation. The president doesn't get to wear cool socks, but can be late to an interview. Yeah, that sounds pretty yeah, good. That that's what you get if you're the president. All right, Chris. Well, congratulations on a great interview. Uh, I think it's really interesting. People who haven't watched it really should check it out. Hopefully, you're, if you're listening to this, you have watched it. But if you haven't, go to BuzzFeed News. Uh, watch the interview, learn about uh, Obama's judicial philosophy, learn about what Obama thinks about the courts. Um, thanks a lot, Chris, for coming in. Thank you, Evan. For this miniature episode of No One Knows Anything. A very special episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back on Thursday with our fifth full episode of No One Knows Anything. In it, I interview Minnesota Senator Al Franken about health care reform, the Democratic primaries, and this guy. It's a very serious matter. He's running for president of the United States. He has the Republican Party nomination for president of the United States, Donald Trump. 
That's not funny. Stop laughing. It's not funny. No One Knows Anything is produced by Meg Kramer. Editorial oversight from Catherine Miller and Eleanor Kagan. Production help from Julia Furlan and Antonia Sarahito. Our music was composed by Ryan Adams. Email us. We're at no one knows anything at buzzfeed.com. You can find us on Twitter at no one knows. And if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes. I'm your host, Evan McMorris Santoro, and we'll be back later this week with more things we don't know. <laughs>